right now. We are live. What is going on guys? Welcome to the new raw dating advice studio. And this is the first time first Thursday. I have Chris over here. Who's on the, 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 what is that called? A, a video switcher. You don't have to tell them the name of the company, but, uh, so switch angles real quick to see how, yeah, we got the new studio set up. Um, hope you guys don't mind. I actually cracked a beer cause my birthday is in like five hours and uh, we're going to a celebratory birthday dinner right after this live stream. Um, but as you guys are coming on, uh, one, I wanted to introduce you guys to the new studio as well as introduce the new segment on raw dating advice. This is the raw dating advice after hours segment. And here's a quick explanation of what to expect. Um, we're gonna be doing the raw dating advice after hours every single Thursday we're going to go live just like this. So I'm live right now. You guys can chat with me. I can see live what you guys are saying, uh, and, and commenting on. And so we're also going to have fun. You know, obviously I cracked a beer. I think this is going to be a good change of pace from the actual videos that we upload. Uh, we're going to start doing every couple, uh, couple times a week. In addition to this Thursday night after hours live stream, I have a couple mics in here so we can bring on guests, but more moral of the story is it's going to be fun. And I'm going to be interacting with you guys, answering your guys' questions. And also I have Instagram on my phone here. Uh, if you're not following me on Instagram, here's a cool thing that we're going to start doing with the after hours show. Uh, treat this like a talk show. Think of it like a talk show. If you want to get a question answered, what we're going to start doing is during the raw dating advice after hours show tonight, we're going to go live for about an hour, hour and a half. Um, if you want to call in, um, I'm going to be streaming live here on Instagram in a second. Um, you can actually request to come on to my live stream. I can bring you on and you can ask a question and it'll be live. And here's the cool part. If you think you're going to get value out of the questions that you ask, yeah, obviously you're going to get value out of the questions you ask, but you're just like you get value out of hearing the answers to other people's questions. It's going to blow your mind how relatable a lot of the questions that we get might be to your situation as well. Does that make sense, Chris? Did I leave anything out? <laughs> All right. Oh, another thing we're going to do, uh, that's fun, uh, for this, I mean, I guess for this Thursday and if it works out, we'll do it every week, but specifically today, because my birthday's, uh, in a few hours or whatever is anytime we get a super chat, uh, I'm going to have to take a drink. Um, also anytime we change the topic or even just finish out the day, I have a bunch of fucking cards here. <laughs> even if I just lose my train of thought or you guys are chatting a lot and you want me to pull a card, um, these are like a fun drinking game, but also, uh, they ask, we have one that's like personal questions or like never have I ever. So we'll just pull a card at random and I'll answer them or we'll do the thing. So, um, yeah, I guess more of the story is let's get started today. I do have some content that I want to talk about with you guys right now. And that is the uh, topic of man to woman intent. Now here's why I say this, and we're gonna bring this full circle. Oh, also, let me know what you guys think of the new studio. Do you guys like the new setup? Um, Chris, switch angles. Oh, we switching angles left and right. Do you guys, what do you guys think of the new studio? You guys like it? Are you guys looking forward to seeing a lot more videos filmed in this studio? Um, also, uh, we, we're gonna have this thing set up, like I said, to do interviews um, soon, so for the podcast. So look forward to that, um, but, the other day, uh, Arizona is like opening back up. Obviously I live in Arizona. Uh, and so 
there's a, I think the restaurants just decreased the limits on like the amount of people they can have in. And I think face masks aren't even hundred percent required. I think it's really up to the restaurant at this point, which is kind of cool. So we go out to eat uh, a couple of nights ago. I think it was last weekend. And literally at this place, it was like a dope spot in Tempe, Arizona. I forget the name of it. Um, the name escapes me, but we walked in and we were waiting on a table to eat. And while we're there next to the hostess stand, I see there's like three or four tables against the wall booths. And in each one of them, because we're in Tempe, Arizona, where ASU is, um, each one of them has a guy and a girl on a date. Now here's, here's my first thought. Ironically, um, when I saw four booths in a row, all of them dates, one is it's Friday night. Why are all you motherfuckers taking people on dinner dates on Friday night? Like, I guess it's it's just like the classical mainstream narrative of like what you're supposed to do to go on dates, but like it's it doesn't show a lot of creativity. Um, and on on and, and honestly, from from my personal experience, I don't like dinner dates even if it's on Friday night, because, well, first off, Friday night, I usually am trying to go out and turn up a little bit. But secondly is uh, uh, at dinner, you know, on a date, especially when we're talking in terms of like improving your game, improving your skills in game, improving your dating life, dating women from abundance, having options. This is, <laughs> when, when you wanna do that, you, you have to be able to lead and adapt to situations. And so um, I just had a coaching call with some of the guys who are, are private clients of Raw Dating Advice um, literally right before this. Um, and so on that call, we were talking about kind of, um, fuck, I lost my train of thought. Damn it, I gotta pull a card now. Everyone who is drinking beer takes two drinks. Whatever. <laughs> One. Oh, the beer's going down smooth tonight. <laughs> you know it's going to be a good night. All right. Let me where, where did I let me pick this back up. <laughs> um, on these dates. Fuck! I completely lost my train of thought. That's how you know I'm not in. Uh, not. Uh, fuck. Anyways, back to the back to the restaurant, Chris. Uh, Feel free to interact here. I don't want to be talking to myself the whole time. Um, but uh, in this restaurant, I saw these people on dates and I immediately was able to point out which guy was gonna be able to take this girl home by the end of the night and which guy wasn't, right? And so there was four people there, four couples there. Two of them, I could tell it was going well. The other two, I was like, oh, this is awkward because it's like this dude obviously doesn't have anything better to do on a Friday night and he's taking, oh, here's what I was gonna say. On a dinner date, Here's why I don't like dinner dates, because you are not in control. Who's in control? The kitchen on how soon they can bring out your food and the server and the quality of the service. If the service is terrible, it ruins the experience. If, uh, and if this is a girl that this is like a first date, most girls and, and myself included, I don't necessarily want to stuff my face in front of a girl that I'm trying to impress or a girl that I want to think highly of me and vice versa. If a girl's spending two to three hours putting chemicals on her fucking face to get ready to see you, she's not gonna wanna ruin all that by eating a bunch of food, getting tired, getting food coma, getting all sweaty because you naturally just start to glisten a little bit when, when you start stuffing your face full of food. So moral of the story is don't use restaurants as like a date, it's just a terrible date. Unless this is a girl that you're already have been dating consistently, let's say like three to five dates, or if this is your girlfriend, I go out to eat with my girlfriend all the time. We're going immediately after this, right? But 
and this is a first date, you guys are trying to relate to each other, get connect with each other. There's way better ways to do that than going to a dinner date. Um, because now when you're on a dinner date or when you're not on a dinner date, you can move the, the interaction forward logistically versus having to be locked in until you pay for your tab. And if they're busy, especially if it's a Friday night, which is the busy nights in restaurants, um, it's going to take a little bit. You guys are going to be locked in there. And, and here's kind of like, the if you want to get scientific here um our our like attention spans we can only really focus uh like super hard in like increments of like 30 minutes right i completely butchered that science but it's in general a good rule of thumb every 30 minutes you want to kind of just be moving this interaction forward logistically so if we're talking in terms of dates um you definitely want to have a cool venue and this was definitely one of those venues where there's multiple activities or just multiple places you can go within that one venue if not just like if sometimes like if you're in new york city or like any type of city where you can just go to the place next door and it's still a, vi a chill vibe to hang out with or hang out in um, that's ideal because you can move it forward logistically um, but if you're locked into one table for an hour hour and a half it's just it starts to feel forced at, at a certain point and you're no longer in control of leading this interaction forward. You kind of have to wait for all these external things that you can't necessarily control. So that's just my little rant on dates, but more of the story is what was the difference between the dates that I could see that was going really well and the dates that were eh, not going to really go very far after this. It was man to woman intention. And I say man to woman intention because literally on our coaching call right before this call that we had with the private clients, one of the things I told this guy, one of the guys was, um, you, you right now you're struggling with the right intention in your interactions, right? So for example, he's going into an interaction, but the moment it gets awkward or the moment he loses his train of thought, what does he do? he ends the conversation right there and kind of goes away, right? Because it was awkward. He didn't really know where to take the conversation next. And the example I like to think of is like, listen, man, who's your celebrity crush? Chris, if you were single, who's your celebrity crush? Megan Fox. Megan Fox, Transformers. Okay, so if you saw Megan Fox in, like she just walked into my front door, like would you be nervous to talk to her or would you go up and talk to her? I'd be nervous. <laughs> You'd be nervous oh, yeah. as fuck. Yeah. Let's say, let's say you're in a public environment and I don't know for this, let's say it's a house party. All right. And make it even easier on you. If it's a house party and Megan Fox walks in the front door, are you going to approach her or not? I will. <laughs> you will approach her. Yeah. Most guys say that. Oh yeah. I'm going to go fucking pick up Megan Fox. But when push comes to shove, how many of those motherfuckers who said that actually go up and do it? Right? If we had to put a percentage on it, how many guys you think that say they would talk to Megan Fox would actually do it when push comes to shove? Probably like 20%. You think 20%? Okay. I was even going to go higher. I was going to say like maybe every other, but I think 20% is probably more accurate, right? So what is your intention? Well, if, if I'm talking to you, my intention is to pick up Beck and Fox, but when push comes to shove, what is my real intention? What do my actions reflect? My actions reflect, uh, my, my intention is to save face. My intention is not embarrass myself. My intention is not to cause a scene. My intent and my intention is not to get rejected by Megan Fox. So if you go in with the wrong intention, then what's going to happen? you're not going to get the results you want consistently. And I think that's, that's the moral of the story here is like, why do we even do this shit? 
we're, we're looking for consistency and, and to have consistency, it's going to take consistently doing things that are outside of your comfort zone, whether you feel like it or not, but also taking action consistently and also recognizing why am I not getting the results I want? Like, I, I don't know if you notice this, Chris, but like a lot of the guys who were on the coaching call earlier tonight, a lot of times it's like they knew what they needed to do. They just weren't doing it. And the example that I related it back to was, um, I recently got into cryptocurrency investing. I recently started investing in Bitcoin. Arguably, I got in at the at the perfect time, but also arguably for anybody who's already been in it, it's like, dude, you got in, in into into Bitcoin when it was fifty eight thousand. When I got in into it, when it was four thousand, right? So arguably, I got into it at the wrong time from that perspective. And uh, I say that because. I was keeping my eye on Bitcoin. I knew what Bitcoin was. I was thinking about it for how many years. I bought $100 in 2017 and then I bought something with that Bitcoin, right? How much would that Bitcoin be worth today? So I think about these things and it's like, well, my intention was never to invest in Bitcoin or I would have fucking done it, right? So until, so now I got to ask, well, why didn't I do it? Well, oftentimes it's probably because uncertainty. Maybe I don't know where to go to invest in Bitcoin or how to invest in Bitcoin, how it even fucking works, what it even fucking is. And this is just an example, an analogy I'm making, but imagine in your life, all the places that you procrastinate, you don't take action. You aren't doing the things that you know would move the needle forward for you. Had, if only had you done it, but you're not doing it. And oftentimes what you'll find is the reason why you don't do it is because there's maybe a slight little level of uncertainty. Maybe you're not 100% sure on like the first steps to take, or maybe you know how to get started, but you're not 100% sure on what, what to do if this happens or what to do if that happens, right? And here's the thing. The best way to learn is, well, one of the best ways to learn is from experience. You can meditate, you can think about it all day, but motion always beats meditation. That's one to write down. Motion always beats meditation. The, the even better way to learn is learn from someone who's already gone through the trials and errors and, and spent their time and energy learning by through trial and error and then learning from their trial and error, what do I do and what do I not do? And you, you essentially learn the same lessons like that without having to go through the, the hard part. But here is the hard part. And this is the part that most guys will end up resisting, which is, now that I know what to do and what not to do, how do I fucking actually do it, right? And so one of the specific examples um, related to dating, you know, raw dating advice. First off, I want to address one of the comments that we got <laughs> on this live stream. Like when we announced that we were going live like three or four hours ago, it's like, hey, are you a pickup coach? Like, is that your job? First off, it's not my job, my J-O-B job. Job implies that I do this thing because I fucking have to. I dropped out of dental school to do this. And so, yes, to answer your question, this is my full-time, I guess, hustle, if you want to call it that. But job, job is not something I, I choose or I do because I, I absolutely want to. Job is something I do because I have to. I don't have to do this. I don't have to set up a fucking studio and go live. I choose to do it because I'm passionate as fuck about it. And also, I understand that I've taken massive action in my life and I can help other guys who are where I was at starting out get the results that I've gotten, whether they believe it or not. And I think just the, the range of guys who follow raw dating advice and have gotten ex positive experiences or had results just goes to show that um, learning from experience is the quickest and the easiest way to improve in any area of life and especially learning from other people's experiences too. So to answer that question, yes, 
This is my full-time hustle. This is how I make a living. And I don't ever plan on doing a job or a J-O-B ever again. I told my girl the other day, she asked me, I think it was one of these questions. It was like, Chris, what's that deck of cards sitting next to you? What is it called? Our moments. She bought it and it's really just like deep questions to ponder. And it was like, it's like one, one of the questions was like, what's one thing you never want to have to do ever again in your life? And I said to myself, and I said, my answer was, I never want to have to have a resume ever again in my fucking life. Cause one, that means I'm moving backwards Two, that means that I have to go and get a fucking job that I don't want to fucking get. And three, fuck resumes, right? Fuck a LinkedIn, fuck a resume. Um, in fact, most Companies these days don't even hire based off of resumes. Resumes, people just write down gibberish. I'd rather I'd rather talk to a person and over the phone or in person, feel their energy, feel their vibe, see if I believe that they are worth their salt and who they and and even more importantly, not if they have the experience that's on their fucking resume, but if they have the values to get the experience and to do things to improve themselves. Right. One of my early mentors, uh, I won't say his name because I know he likes to go after some people who uh, use his name and I don't know if he'd want to be in a dating advice video. But um, one of my last jobs was working for a guy who I would have worked that job for free because I wanted to learn from a mentor. I coaches, good coaches have coaches. So I have coaches myself. I have mentors myself. And he said himself, he doesn't care if you have experience. He cares if you have the right values, because when you come into a culture like this, if you have the right values, You'll, you'll accomplish the goal because your, your, I guess your value system, the way you take action, the way you think about the world, um, just what you prioritize in life is going to help you get that result uh, in general. So, um, anyways, today, you know, on top of your guys' questions, I would love to talk more about how do we actually create that man to woman intention? Um, does this make sense so far? Kind of this, this tangent I'm going on this rant, Chris. Yeah. What's uh like? What's one of the things that you've taken away so far from this, even from the previous coaching call? Yeah. No. One of the biggest things, just like that fear of action, like you said, a lot of guys they have, like they, I think they play it up too much in their own head versus like actually going out and fuck, not being afraid to fuck up. And I feel like that's part of the process that mm. you just kind of gotta overcome. Yeah. I like fucking up because um, I it, it's like how many guys don't get the chance to fuck up because they don't even take that first step. And what you'll realize is there's always another level, right? And so the moment you start taking action, now you realize, oh, there's other things that I'm going to struggle with. Now there's other challenges that are going to prevent me from taking action. But the more you do this, the more you kind of just push the, the edges of your comfort zone, um, live on the edge of your comfort zone, if you will, um, the better you get at it and the bigger your comfort zone actually becomes over time, right? So the circle, if you imagine your comfort zone is this big, the more you kind of lean into the edges, the bigger and bigger it gets. And now you're someone who's comfortable with this, whereas two years ago, you were only comfortable with this, right? Um, and I don't know, I guess let's kind of just get into the fucking content, if we will. <laughs> um, also, Fuck, I forgot to go live. Let's go live on Instagram because we're going to start taking calls on Instagram too. All right, bear with me for a second, y'all YouTube peoples. All right. We are going live on IG. We're live on IG and we're also live on YouTube. Um, So if you're on YouTube, pull up your phone, open Instagram, go to my Instagram, see that I'm live. And if you want to ask a question on the air, you can do it on Instagram Live. So, 
That said, let's pull another card and then we'll get into the first way to actually convey man to woman intention in a way that now when you are on a date, it's more likely to go well. And here's why I even made the title. Like immediately when I saw those four couples and two of them were going well, two, eh, not so well. And one of them, he was there longer than me and me and my girl, even though we got there after and I saw them leaving an Uber. I'm like, they're definitely going home to smash. If you want to be that guy, start doing this stuff. And it often comes down to, especially early on in the dating process, coming down to knowing what does convey the right type of intention and, and make this one, this interaction feel like it's between a man and a woman who want to be romantically and or sexually interested in each other versus just a random interaction where it could have been just a fucking dude, you know, for all you know, or for all she knows, if you don't have, if you don't do the things that we're going to talk about in this video, um, you might as well be a dickless Kendall. You might as well not even have a penis because at that point, if she doesn't know that your intent for talking to her is you're a woman, I'm a man, I'm at least sexually, if not romantically interested in you, let's explore this chemistry even further. Um, if she doesn't get that vibe from you, you have room for improvement. And that's exactly what we're going to talk about in this video. All right. So I pull another card. Every player who does CrossFit must take a break from inspiring the world and drink. I don't do CrossFit, so it doesn't mean I have to drink, but I'm going to drink anyways because it's my fucking birthday in a few hours. All right, so number one, and also let me know in the comments on YouTube or Instagram if you guys have ever struggled with any of this stuff. I think the first thing it really comes down to understanding that um, these days it's not going to get any better. All right, if you don't start improving this stuff now, it's only gonna get worse, especially with the new things that have been happening in society. Think, of, Imagine it like this. My girl's little sister goes to school online and in-person school is optional at this point. All right, so if kids, the generation below, is are going to school online, people are working from home, we don't see the need to have to meet up in a, in a work environment anymore in an office for our J-O-B, then, uh, what, what's going to happen over time is people are not going to have as refined social skills. People are not going to be used to creating conversational tension. People are not going to have the, the mental fortitude or the, the, the toughness, the thick skin to be able to handle when things aren't quite going their way. Um, now maybe I'm extreme in thinking that, but I mean, we've been at this for almost a year now and it's pretty much the same. And that one year, even if things went back to normal tomorrow, we're going to see, be seeing the side effects of this. Now, just like yin and yang, there's a positive, it's positives and negatives to everything, right? So if there's a downside here, well, the massive upside is that there is way more opportunity right now for you to be improving your dating life and meeting more women and dating women from abundance than there ever has before, right? One of the examples on the coaching call before this was this guy from San Francisco struggling to meet women. Feels like there's not a lot of things to do where he's from in San Francisco because they're taking this whole shutdown very seriously, even still in 2021. But here's the thing. Every other person in the world is a woman. There are definitely women who live in San Francisco. How many of those women feel the exact same way? How many of those women are struggling to meet women right or meet men right now and women? I've actually, which is funny, I actually have women who will follow and subscribe and even comment on Raw Dating Advice videos because they get value out of this. Um, and I think 
some of them are probably into women, but some of them not even into women, right? So I think a lot of just the simple fact that women are commenting on these videos just is, should be proof enough that if you feel like, oh, there's not a lot of chances to meet women or where I'm from, all the women who are near you feel the exact same way. So now the question is, how do we bridge the gap and start meeting those women, right? And so moral of the story is when you start meeting these women and you actually start prioritizing, taking action and meeting them in person, doing this stuff is gonna set you up for success more consistently than not doing this stuff. And so uh, first thing is fixing your mental, your inner game, if you will. Uh, one of the things that I realized I struggled with a lot when I first got into game, for lack of a better term, or just trying to improve my dating life, because you gotta you gotta keep in mind where I'm coming from. When I was 21, I was a virgin. I, I'm turning 31 in a few hours, so I was 10 years ago. And I think it was about 10 years, like it was like two weeks before my 22nd birthday that I lost my virginity, right? So it was around this time, 10 years ago. Now, at that time, here's a few of my beliefs that I believed about women. I believed that women were not as sexual as men. I believe that women never masturbated. I believe that women just didn't crave sex as much as men. Why did I believe that? Because in my frame of reference, if they weren't having sex with me, then they probably aren't interested in sex to the degree that I might be interested in sex. And also, and here's the thing, this is all bullshit anyways, right? And also, if I couple that with, well, what do I see in the movies? Girls want the nice guy. Girls want the romantic guy. Girls want the guy who's persistent, who sticks in there, who has, who checks all the boxes on paper. Doesn't work like that. So one of the things that's really gonna help you in your dates, in your interactions with women, especially moving forward, is eliminating those beliefs that aren't quite true. And really, I guess, better, better, better word, rather than eliminate, challenge those beliefs. Why are these beliefs not true? What, what, what evidence can I look for or can I seek out or can I find or can I even think of off the top of my head that is to the contrary, right? One of the things you gotta understand is women fucking love sex. They love sex and sex is everywhere. It's the only reason you exist. It's the only reason I exist. It's the only reason I have someone over there switching angles for me, right? It's because at some point in time, a man and woman came together and copulated. And so if, if that didn't happen, the world wouldn't go on. But if the population of the world is going up, sex must be everywhere. Sex is like literally right now, I guarantee you there's probably someone next door to you or two houses down from you or two apartments down or at the end of the hallway. There are people within 500 feet of you right now having sex, unless you live in like a, you know, a remote area and you're by yourself, right? But in general, sex is everywhere, man. So if you can understand that sex is everywhere, women love sex, that's a good starting ground. Now, I, I wanna say this caveat, because here's, here's what I've noticed. There's a small percentage of people who follow raw dating advice, and I, one of them was my previous mentors, who is no longer a mentor, because I, fired him as a coach essentially because um, his fundamental value system was different than mine. And here's the thing, I talk a lot about sex or sexual tension. That does not mean that I'm telling you you have to fuck this chick, right? If you are super Christian and you don't wanna have sex until marriage, dude, that's on you, right? I don't give a fuck, but what I'm gonna give you are the tools to be able to create a dating life that's fulfilling for you and a dating life that's gonna actually make these girls attracted to you. And here's the thing, I personally, choose to have sex before marriage, but I don't give a fuck what you think about it or what anybody else or how you want to live your life. These are the tools to lead your dating life wherever you want. Sorry, so keep that in mind, but sex is everywhere. Sex is abundant. Sex is normal. It's completely natural and you shouldn't even feel weird talking about sex, right? 
And that alone is going to eliminate a lot of the barriers that hold us back from showing that man to woman intent, that man to woman intention, right? So one of the ways that this shows up in conversation is if you think women aren't sexual, are you more or less likely to bring up the topic of sex around her? What do you think, Chris? Less. Less likely. Why is it? Or even if you are like, let's say you're like me, I could talk about sex and blowjobs with my, with my buddies all day, locker room talk type shit. But when I was around a girl, my, my, my compass was off. My, my gauge for what worked and what didn't work was way off. Right. So I would choose to not talk about sex. I would choose to water down my conversation when in reality, me doing that automatically makes me not acting like myself around girls. Right. And so that's why I mean, I always hate this advice. Just be yourself. That's the type of advice that guys who don't know what the fuck they're doing give, right? So just be yourself is terrible advice because nobody knows how to fucking apply it. But at the core, it is good advice because if you talk about sex with your buddies, but you can't talk about it around a girl because you think the girl isn't into sex or whatever, it's going to offend the girl or it's going to put her off. Now you're intentionally choosing to not act like yourself because you're trying to appease her because you're trying to avoid rejection. You're trying to avoid rejection. AKA you're acting out of a place of fear. If you're acting out of a place of fear, <laughs> what's that going to do for your potential as a man? Yeah. <laughs> if, if you are acting from a place of fear, if you're playing not to lose rather than playing to win, you're not going to get consistent results. So, I mean, the first way to start being better at showing that, that intention behind why you're talking to this chick in the first place is Fixing this one fucking mentality alone is going to eliminate a lot of those blockages. Um, and, and one of the things is <clears throat> that I noticed when I got more comfortable talking about sex um, <laughs> is you'll realize that, oh shit, if girls actually like talking about sex too, then you kind of get addicted to it. And you're like, well, maybe if I just stay on this topic of conversation, maybe if I just stay here, because now she's talking about sex and she's okay with it. Maybe if we talk about it enough, she'll start thinking about having sex with me. That's also not how it works because people who are 100% comfortable with sex, people who believe sex is completely normal and natural and it's everywhere and it's abundant and it's a completely normal part of life and it's an expression of how two people feel about each other in the moment at least, um, you're not going to want to stay on the topic of sex. You can talk about sex the same way I talk about Heineken beer. I don't even fucking like Heineken beer. I just drink it because... My buddy brought it over the other night and it's in my fridge and I wanted to drink on my live stream because it's after hours, you know, NSFW, not safe for work at your J-O-B or fuck it. Watch it at your J-O-B. I don't give a fuck. You want that nice shift grind? Fuck it. Uh, uh, Brian Elfstrom says sexual attraction is still needed no matter how innocent either of you are. 100%, man. 100%. Um, and here's the thing. Some of you guys, all right, I... I feel, I feel like I do a good job of knowing like where you guys are. And I understand that people who watch my videos are in the, there's guys who are more advanced. There's guys who have been at this for a while. There are guys who are more comfortable with sex themselves than maybe guys who lack experience, maybe guys who have some confidence issues in one way or another, right? So here's the thing, fake it until you make it. If you're not comfortable with sex right now, fake it until you make it. What you'll realize is the more you fake it till you make it, there's no downside for being comfortable with sex. There's only upside because it's not like your, your shit's going to get any worse than it is now by, by not talking about it, right? So you can only go up from here. And so fake it till you make it until you are comfortable talking about sex. Um, 
for example, one of the, the, the prime examples that always come to, comes to mind is like when I went back to Kansas, uh, this is a couple of years ago, this specific example is like New Year's Eve, uh, not even New Year's, it was like, it was like between the week between Christmas and New Year's. I was going out with some buddies at this bar in, in Kansas City, Missouri, and they had like card games like this on random tables sitting there, and uh, we started playing the game Never Have I Ever. And normally, people like to play games like Never Have I Ever. If you never played Never Have I Ever, you put up three fingers or five fingers, whatever, how many fingers you wanna put up, and if you've, you go around the circle, you say what you haven't done, never have I ever, X, Y, Z, right? And whoever's done it has to put a finger down and then they got to take a drink, right? So practice round, Chris, never have I ever, you go. Never have I ever had a drink. Never have. Now you're just trying to put me on blast before I'm supposed to go to dinner with my girl? Shit. Um, so here's the thing. Chris is comfortable with the topic of sex because he works for a company called Raw Dating Advice. Most people playing Never Have I Ever in a bar with girls they've never met or just in an environment, especially if they're not comfortable talking about sex, they might start off slow. They might go, never have I ever been to Europe. Never have I ever, uh, you know, done done mulch and yard work. I don't f name any random fucking thing that nobody gives a fuck about, right? Now, <laughs> me, we're playing Never Have I Ever. I might've been the first or second person to go. And I just met this chick who happened to just sit down at the table because we said, hey, we're playing Never Have I Ever. Come here and join us, right? And I said, never have I, this is what I started off with. Never have I ever done anal. And it's just like, it's so blunt and it's so like over the top that I say it in a completely just natural and congruent way. And I don't give a fuck, right? Even if she wasn't comfortable with the topic of sex, just by the simple fact that I was able to comfortably say something like that, and act like it was no big deal. Now, like if if it's like over the top, it's like a way to be memorable, stand out in the moment, and it also creates some tension. I remember she like started laughing because she wasn't expecting that, and I took it there, right? And a lot of times, girls, they're not only gonna see, are you are you going to be willing to take it there that quickly, but also, um, she's gauging how comfortable you are with saying something like that. Does it feel forced? Does it feel try hard, or did it feel completely natural? Well, the story is about 10 minutes later, the bar closed. She ended up hopping in the Uber with us, going back to my buddy's place, and uh, we had a great-ass time. Unfortunately, that night, I had major, major whiskey dick, and I still think about that that night with regret because I'm like, that must have been like the worst sex of her life because I was like a wet noodle the whole night, but that's another story. <laughs> um, by the way, in the comments, never have I ever, have you guys ever had an experience where you went and you were had all this sexual tension with a girl, but then you realize you had too much alcohol in your system and uh, you couldn't get it up. It's happened to me a time or two for show. Fake it till you make it, kinda go against your be yourself trend, doesn't it? No, because here's the thing. Fake it till you make it is specifically for the guys who are uncomfortable talking about sex because they can't wrap their head around the fact that sex is comfortable and natural and everywhere, right? So if you understand that that's how the world is, whether you wanna accept it or not, and you're intentionally not coming from that frame, that motherfucker is going to have to fake it till he makes it just to be comfortable with it. Because you're gonna have to expose yourself to that type of conversation, to that idea, that line of thinking, to realize, oh shit, these people responded in a positive way. So um, maybe, maybe my previous view of what I thought the world was is inaccurate, right? So 
it's fake it until you make it is more just a, it's a, it's a catchy way to tell you to feel the fear and do it anyways, motherfucker, <laughs> right? Feel the fear and do it anyways. That's, that's a better way to phrase it, right? But just be yourself. Like I said, I don't give advice saying just be yourself. I actually said that's terrible advice because most people don't know what the fuck to do with that and they take it the wrong way. Just be yourself is terrible advice because guys who feel like they're being themselves don't really know what to do with that, right? But I think a lot of times it really comes down to what is your frame of reference? Where are you coming from? And, and what is your intention here? Which brings me to my next point, knowing your true intent and being honest with yourself, being honest with yourself. We, we talked about this. Megan Fox walks into the room. Are you going to talk to her or not? Most guys are going to try to save face. They might say like, oh yeah, I'm going to fucking talk to her, right? And then do they actually do it? No, right? And how do I know this? Because I've taken guys out to bars and clubs. I've to told them to approach girls who I have pre-vetted by talking to them first, by approaching them first and saying, this person's cool. They're obviously receptive to talking to people that approach them, right? And then I say, hey, go approach her. It happens every time I take out a new client. Every time. All right. And then he just, his feet are like cemented to the ground and he can't fucking move, right? So what is your intention here? Do you actually want to get that girl to, to know who you are and explore that? Or do you want to save face and not embarrass yourself and maybe potentially not cause a scene and you kind of retract into your own head of all these reasons why you shouldn't be taking action? And even if you know you should be taking action, just that slight hesitation, just that slight holdback, there's actually a, a lot of science around this. Uh, it's called the five second rule. If you want to look it up by Mel Robbins, who's a female, blonde, um, I, and I don't know, I, I feel like it didn't help, it didn't hurt her, Mel Robbins, because she her book blew up. I think it was like a New York Times bestselling book or something like that, but at first I was like, wait, is that, is she related to Tony Robbins? Um, so maybe she, maybe she's going for that. But anyways, the five second rule, Mel Robbins, she cites example and research and, and uh, study after study in that book to basically coming to the same conclusion. If you hesitate, for whatever reason, meaning that you know you wanna take X, Y, Z action, but you take longer than five seconds to do it for whatever reason, fear, hesitation, doubt, uncertainty, ego, um, procrastination, laziness, whatever it is, after the first five seconds between the idea and you thinking about doing it and actually doing it, your subconscious starts to protect itself. Your ego starts to protect itself. Your survival instincts within your DNA, it's hard-coded into the way you live, right, and how you make decisions. Fight or flight, it says, hey, if we haven't taken this action, there's probably a good reason for it, and so now your DNA is working against you and it's telling you, okay, well, maybe if we take action, we could face a lot of negative repercussions, so we're just not gonna do it, right? And so. If you can realize that the, the study really comes down to five seconds, and if you, here's the hack. The mental hack is um, human nature, the, the long, if you wait longer than five seconds, the harder it's gonna be for you to overcome that barrier to taking action. But here's the other hack. People always want things that are in low supply or that they can't have, AKA urgency and scarcity, right? So if something is only available to you, but that window of opportunity is closing, and it's about to close, what happens? Do you feel more or less pressure to do it? You feel more pressure to do it, right? For example, if I tell you there's 500 books, which realistically we only print 500 at a time for a reason, because I don't know how, long, how much longer I wanna keep printing these books. So when we're down to 490 of these books are gone, 
and there's one or 10 books left, well, you better fucking take action because that window of opportunity is shutting real quick. So here's the more, here's the mental hack that will help you overcome that, that, that fight or flight where your DNA is like, we should, we should eject from this situation right now, which is count down from five. If you know you have five seconds to take action or else you're probably not going to do it, start counting down from five the moment you get the idea. And here's how I know this works because I have chronically hit the snooze button every day of my life for as long as I've had a snooze button. I am not one to wake up in the mornings uh, very easily, right? But when I started experimenting with the five second rule, the moment my snooze alarm went off in the mornings, in my head, I, I, I knew what the five second rule was. So I was like, all right, let's see, five, four. And then I'd stop and be like, all right, I don't wanna get up. And then three, I'd be like, fuck, all right, fine, I'm getting up, right? Just naturally counting down, you, you're more likely to take action because of the scarcity urgency bias within how humans interact with each other, right? So that's what I recommend to you, um, knowing your true intent and being honest with yourself, not acting from ego, not acting from fear, not acting from self-preservation, but acting from self-growth. How can I lean into my edges of, of my comfort zone? How can I push myself in ways that I haven't pushed myself before? You know, for many years, I would take cold showers every day, even when I didn't want to, especially when I didn't want to. And here's the thing, my entire life growing up, even before I got into game, when I was a 21 year old virgin, I've always taken hot steamy showers and I'd stay in there for 20, 30 minutes and I'd just sit in the steam. I mean, studies show that arguably hot steamy showers do have some benefits, but also there's a lot of benefits to cold showers. But for many years, probably five years in a row, I took nothing but cold showers purely because I hated taking cold showers. And I would practice doing what my next point that I'll bring up, basking in tension, right? Most guys, think about how like the word intent and intention kind of feels the same as tension. It's because when you when you go in with the right intention, I'm, I'm making this up, but it, it kind of does feel the same, right? When you go in with the right intention, to have a man to woman interaction to show that you are romantically and or sexually interested in this girl, that creates tension. Now, if you can't handle the tension and you are uncomfortable with the tension, what's gonna happen? The tension is gonna die, it's gonna fizzle out because what happens when you feel tension or even if a girl feels tension, we start doing things like looking away, laughing nervously, nervous laughter, our body language kind of closes up because we're uncomfortable in the moment, right? And these are subconscious communication, nonverbal communication signals that signal to her, this guy who's not comfortable with himself, he's not confident in the moment, and it makes her a little bit weirded out in the moment because she doesn't think, oh, this guy, little, little chump, he's, he's nervous right now. She doesn't think like that. More often than not, she's just trying to act in self-preservation. So if you're a random dude who approached her, night, day, doesn't matter, if you're fucking nervous, her DNA is starting to tell her, why is he so fucking nervous? Can I trust this guy? What's his intention here? Is he gonna fucking murder me? Like, what is going on here, right? So acting nervous is and, and acting from a place of fear or even not realizing that you need to be able to get comfortable with that tension and the only way you're gonna get comfortable with it is taking more action and feeling it more consistently then it's going to signal a lot of things that's gonna that's going to actually kill tension, which is gonna kill attraction for you and inhibit her ability to feel attraction for you because I say this all the time, tension is a building block to sexual attraction. And like I said, if you're a Canadian Christian, because every, every Christian who's ever gotten mad at me for promoting premarital sex, every one of them has been Canadian and there's been a handful of them, right? I don't know what it is, but here's the thing. I'm not telling you you have to bang these chicks 
I'm just saying, if you want her to be attracted to you, this is what it comes down to. And if you're, if you are wanting to build a relationship with a girl and there's without any tension, without any sexual attraction, you're fucking lying to yourself. This is why the divorce rate is so fucking high because people are settling into relationships with people they're not attracted to. Okay. So if you want to avoid that pitfall, pitfall, even down the road, make sure you get, become a master at creating tension, which leads to sexual attraction period. Right. And so what's going to help you do this, like I said, is experiencing tension more often. And for me, cold showers was a very tense thing to do. It took a lot of, um, overcoming resistance to even want to get into the shower every fucking time. Every time I still, to this day, hate cold showers, but here's the thing. The, the more you do it, the better you get at doing it. Right. I'm not, it's not like I didn't shower for five years. I had to shower one way or the other. So that same tension, that same anxiety I felt before hopping into a shower of ice cold water beating down is the same type of tension I feel before approaching a girl, right? It's anxiety and it's resistance to doing the thing that I, that I feel like doing in the moment or that I know I should do in the moment, right? But if I'm practicing overcoming that barrier or that resistance, that, that anxiety every single day, well, what am I really practicing for? I'm practicing for the real world when it fucking counts. If there's a girl right there and I want to talk to her, it, I guarantee you, I'm, I'm probably going to feel less tension to talk to that girl than I would getting in an ice cold shower right this second period, right? And it's because I practice that, right? So if you can, if you can take the small moments in your day-to-day life that don't count and apply that same psychology to the moments that really do count for what you're trying to accomplish, that's how you kill two birds with one stone. And that's how you grow even faster. Right. And one of the things that I, I think guys like you guys need to realize is that game or skill, your, your skills with dating and, uh, influencing women to know, like, and trust you and become attracted to you. These are skills that apply to every area of your life right? The better you get at talking to women and the more comfortable you become with yourself in social situations, the better you're going to be become in work meetings or job interviews or, um, setting goals and actually going after them and making those ambitious goals. Like what, what more of an ambitious goal than to go from ground zero and try to become better or amazing with women, not even just better, but amazing. Most guys don't even set the goal of becoming better, right? So just by the simple fact that you're watching this video shows that you have more ambition than, than the average dude who sucks with girls, right? Or doesn't quite have the results he wants. But I think the inspired, the inspired, inspiring thing here is that there's, there's possibility for you to grow. And it really is just hundred percent dependent on you. Um, does that make sense? I have, I have like three or four or more ways, but I, I don't know if you guys are actually resonating with this. I feel like the comments aren't coming in as fast as I would like them to. So what's good? Let's take some calls on Instagram. Um, all right, Instagram, I'm going to take a call live while we're here on the air. Just so you know, we are also live on YouTube. So, um, if you're not already subscribed to YouTube, join us on YouTube, you get a way better angle and we can switch angles cause we got a whole production studio set up in here, but let's take a live call. So who wants to come on live on Instagram? And while you guys are requesting to come on, um, I think you can request, and then I'll just choose from the requests that I get. Um, I'll pull another card. Chris, uh, pull, pull a card from, from that stack next to you. Read it out loud. What are you too hard on yourself for? What am I too hard on myself for? The first answer that came to my mind was, 
I relate to a lot of what I'm talking to you guys about, but in different ways. There's places in my life where I've resisted starting or taking the action because of uncertainty or because uh, a lack of clarity. And so for me, I'm pretty hard on myself when I realize, hey, maybe I'm not taking the actions that I need to be taking or maybe that I'm not doing the things that I know would move the needle forward for me um, at the times that I know I need to do them. Uh, and, and what I realize is it usually comes down to lack of clarity, lack of um, having the right intentions behind it, ra- lack of whatever it is. So like if it's um, one example, I, I think I mentioned this a little bit earlier, but like I, I recently got into Bitcoin, but like I said, I'd been watching Bitcoin for how many fucking years, but I never got started. And here's the, here's, here was like my, my story. I'd always tell people whenever Bitcoin came up. Oh yeah. Like I once, one time I bought like a hundred dollars in Bitcoin. I wonder how much money that'd be worth today. I don't remember the the password to log in and access that. Right. And then I would kind of leave it at that. And then the next logical thing would be like, well, why don't you just buy more? And in my head, it was like, I don't remember how to buy Bitcoin or if I even bought Bitcoin the right way. Right. And so then I realized, why do I keep acting like I can't buy Bitcoin? Cause I don't know. I don't know how to buy Bitcoin or where to buy Bitcoin. Why don't I just fucking Google where to buy Bitcoin? Or why don't I just take the first step, which is figuring out how to do it. Right. Um, even in, in like raw dating advice, there's like projects I'll, I'll be working on. Um, and I I'll like put off getting started for so long because maybe I'm not a hundred percent sure on exactly like the first steps I need to be taking, but because I'm not drawing awareness, self-awareness to the fact that, Hey, maybe I lack clarity in this one spot. Um, I never actually end up taking action. And it gets put off and procrastinated for a while. And when I realized that I beat myself up about that, can you relate to that at all, Chris? Yeah. Appreciate the little wins. Um, do you have an example that you want to give of appreciating a little win, Chris? Yeah. Yeah. I I want, I I got a question. I wonder how many of you guys that are watching right now, um, have ever felt the same, you know, let me know in the comments, have you ever felt resistance to starting because of either lack of clarity or have you felt overwhelmed by trying to do something, but then you, you massively fail. Right. And I think a lot of what it comes down to, like you said, is celebrating the small wins. I can't tell you how many guys, because it's been so many gave up on getting better with women because they tried it once or they tried it a couple times. It didn't work out how they wanted. Maybe they felt like, you know, they started comparing themselves to others. They weren't succeeding as fast as other, they perceived other people to be succeeding. And so they give up because they feel like it's too hard. Um, and then they stop and then they just go kind of go back into the way they were and multiply that by 10, 20, 30, 50 years, man, I don't even want to know the type of person who spends 50 years living from pain and, and, uh, scarcity and, um, fear versus the type of guy who is able to keep momentum or even get momentum and then build up that momentum. One of the major lessons I learned from a book called, uh, what is that? It was, um, 
it was like the 12 or 21 immutable laws of leadership. I forget the name of the author, but it was like immutable laws of leadership. Um, John Maxwell. Uh, one of them was the power of the big Mo, right? There's no more powerful force than momentum. When you have momentum, all you got to do is keep taking action. And that momentum is going to snowball like a, like a fucking ball of snow rolling down on a fucking hill, like an avalanche, right? Most people who are struggling are just, they're battling inertia, right? Right now you don't have momentum. You have to get momentum for your results to just literally like exponentially increase. And that's the thing is when things start clicking for you, they really start clicking on all cylinders for you. It's because of the power of the big Mo. And a lot, a lot, I think a lot of times when guys struggle to get momentum in their dating lives, it really comes down to, uh, you know, not, I guess redefining what their, their definition of success would be. Uh, and going back on the topic of considering small wins, the story I told on the coaching call before this, uh, to, you know, some of the inner circle members and some of the boot camp students was when I first approached a girl, first time ever approaching a girl, it was at a bar in Kansas city before I moved to Arizona. And I, I didn't even technically approach her. I just turned and she was standing there with her friends and I made small talk with her. The small talk was awkward. It didn't go anywhere. I didn't do any of the 107 proven ways to get girls attracted to you. And I awkwardly asked her, her for her phone number um, when, you know, when there was an awkward silence like two or three minutes in. And she gave me her phone number on one condition. And that condition was that I don't text her, right? I don't text her because she's only in town for the weekend and she has a fiance and she loves her fiance. She's not interested, but she gave me her number. And I think looking back on that, she only gave me her number because she felt sorry for me. But here is the crazy part about that. That was the defining moment that allowed me to actually gain momentum in my dating life. The following week, I went out and approached a girl and I actually ended up meeting up with this girl. She took off work the following day, which is like a Sunday or a Monday. I think it was like the 4th of July weekend. And uh, she took off work to meet up with me to grab a drink for me at a restaurant, right? And I forget everything I said about the my gripe about restaurants before, right? We went to a restaurant. I didn't even get anything to eat. I think we just got drinks. But um, at the time, uh, and, and this is why I can tell you restaurant dates are not the best dates because <laughs> I've experienced it, right? Um, but I ended up having sex with that girl at the, in the parking lot in the backseat of her tiny ass Chevy Cruze at this restaurant, right? Uh, in front of this restaurant after, after they closed, obviously. Um, my sock covered in sperm might still be sitting there in that parking lot. <laughs> but I only got momentum because when that girl the previous week gave me her fucking phone number, even though she told me not to text her and even though she only gave me her phone number because she probably felt bad for me because I was so nervous when I asked her for her phone number and the conversation was nothing. Um, I celebrated that small win. You know, I was bragging to my friends about how I got her number, you know, because I went in with a strategy. I went in with the, with the goal of approaching girls, talking to girls I'd never talked to before and maybe even getting a few numbers. I took action. I got an, I got one number that night and it, it obviously wasn't a solid phone number, but, and I never even texted that chick, right? But, Moral of the story is I felt great about it. It was a win for me because it was something that I had never done before and it was way outside of my comfort zone at the time. These days, today, I walk into any environment, any bar, and I'm instantly talking to people. I've grown the reputation of being the guy who's randomly talking to people everywhere we fucking go. Why? Because I've just, 
I've, I've gotten momentum in my, in my social skills and my dating life, but it started 10 years ago when I fucking did that shit. So, um, yeah, man, celebrate the small wins. Most of the guys who give up early or feel overwhelmed or feel like they're not succeeding or, or suffer from comparison, uh, it's because they are, they, they need to decrease what their standard for success is, right? A guy who's just starting out, who suffers with lack of motivation because, uh, maybe they're not able to get the results they want is because rather than going into that first time or starting out with the intention of, let me just talk to girls I've never talked to before and get used to the idea of approaching. These are guys who are like, well, shit. Yeah. I talked to that chick and yeah, she gave me her phone number, but I didn't go home with her. I didn't bang her like that dude did, you know, or whatever. And now you're like starting out when you're just starting out. My definition of success is hitting a home run. Well, if you're trying to hit a home run and this is your first time at bat, obviously you're going to get unmotivated when you don't hit a home run. Um, so yeah, change your, tweak your definition for success, but more importantly, celebrate the small wins. And for you, a, a win for you might be different for a win for me or a win for someone else. And I think what it comes down to is where are you at being honest with yourself and your skill set and where you're at right now. And then realizing what are the edges of my comfort zone? What do I feel like I'm completely capable of doing now? And how do I push myself just a little bit? You know, just one step outside of my comfort zone, right? If you're, if you're doing bench press at the gym, you know, it's like adding the five pound plate to the end of the barbell. You're not going to add a 45 pound plate right off the bat. You're going to add a little bit of weight at a time, right? So push yourself a little bit further and then your muscles like repetition, it'll just grow over time. And pretty soon, two, three months down the road, you're not even going to recognize yourself, right? What I don't often tell about that story is like, especially if you've heard me tell that story before is, you know, three months later, my friends didn't even recognize who I was. I would go into a bar and I went from being the guy who never got girls. And keep in mind this whole time, I also had braces. So a lot of you guys struggle with like insecurities about looks and stuff. I was a 20 something year old man with a mouthful of braces and I was making out with chicks in the club, right? And it didn't take long before I was, again, momentum, talking about that one time I was approaching a girl and got her number because she felt bad for me. Three months later, if this was the course of a summer, which it was, by the end of that summer, I didn't even recognize myself. I had already, by that time, I had approached so many women, talked to so many girls, made out with so many girls in these places immediately after approaching them when Four months before that, that was something that was so outside of my realm of, of like possibility that it, it's mind blowing looking back on it, but it just goes to show you how quickly some of this, your results can compound on each other. And it really comes down to, uh, working on, uh, your skills, pushing the edges of your comfort zone, having the right intentions and being able to convey that man to woman intent, uh, in the right ways. And I have a few more ways that I, I'll give you guys in this. So we have one guy who sent a request. So we got one person. So we're taking this live call. If you're on YouTube, on Instagram, if you're on YouTube and you want to come on live, we'll go on my Instagram and we'll get you on live. What's up, man? You're live. I can see you. Yeah. Doing pretty good. Thank you. Cheers. Okay. What's up, Chris, 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 and Chris, Chris, Chris. What's up, man? Okay. And I actually sent you a really long game. It's kind of like a little personal, but I don't mind sharing it on here at all. Okay. So it's 
is so should I just go ahead and just get get started? Yeah. All right. So uh, actually, so you know what? So uh, this whole year kind of been like a life changing experience for me. Um, so I had uh, I had coronavirus at the beginning of the year. So me too. Um, I got COVID in February. First off, thank you for sharing that. <clears throat> um, where, do, where, where do I start? Uh, I would say, I would say, <clears throat> first off, if you're, I, I agree with you. You should, you should set the standard that you don't want to have to pay for that shit. Um, I've personally, I've been to like a strip club once or twice, and I've never paid for any of that shit because if I'm thinking about where can I allocate my resources, what's gonna get you girls is not money. Right, I think this is a misconception with a lot of guys. It's not the money, it's the ambition. It's the guy, I get that too. right? I get that, but I mean, in a way, because it helps your, your sexual market value. Plus, I mean, it helps your confidence. Like, 
Well, here's the thing. I was dead broke. I was dead broke for many years while I was still picking up chicks, right? So it doesn't come to, it comes, so right now I would say the best investment you can possibly make is not in a one-off sexual experience. And I agree with that. It's in yourself. So even if you don't make it a lot of money, take a percentage, invest it in yourself, growing your skills, growing your finances, get it, have an investor mentality, right? That's one thing I would say. Uh, second thing I would say is it's not supposed to be easy, right? You said it's hard. It's supposed to be fucking hard. If it was easy, everybody would have a six pack and a fucking supermodel on their arms, right? And I think that's the biggest opportunity here for you. Um, you know, when I was in Kansas, I was living with my mom, super tr traditional Asian lady. Um, and I was bringing girls back to my basement, sneaking them in, having sex with them, sending them on their way. Did it, did it, was it hard logistically? Yeah, obviously, right? Also, did my mom get pissed? Yeah, obviously, right? So, but you're not, it's, it's temporary, right? So it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when you have better logistics. But in the meantime, the best thing you can do is be investing in yourself and more importantly, taking action on the things that you're learning. And here's, here's the biggest opportunity I would say for you right now. Just like yin and yang, there's always balance to everything in the universe. Um, and so right now, a lot of guys are saying, I'm stuck at home. Uh, you can't approach girl. It's hard to talk to people, COVID pandemic, shut, whatever you want to say. Right. But here's, here's the other thing. How many women in Los Angeles feel the exact same way that you feel? It's hard to meet guys. There's nowhere to go, you know? So that, what that tells me is you have a hungry market of women who are also looking to improve their dating lives and meet guys just like you. I mean, I'm talking to you on Instagram live. I'm already like, I, we, we've been talking for like two or three minutes. I already like your vibe. I think you're a cool dude. You're a chill dude. How many girls would get the same type of vibe from you? Like, oh, this is a cool guy, right? If only they had the chance to meet you. And I think the biggest opportunity right now, and I'm sorry, I'll, I'll let you go here in a second, but, uh, or, uh, but the biggest opportunity right now is you, uh, there's so many guys who are not meeting women, who are not approaching women, who are not just taking the effort to, to, to meet those girls because of xyz reason right so the fact that girls want to meet guys more than more than they ever have and less guys are actually taking action should be an opportunity that you should be taking more action right now does that make sense Like the 
Uh, random question. Have you seen the video that I think it was the last video on my YouTube channel called the STM formula that makes her want to kiss you? Yeah. If not, definitely check it out. The reason why I made that video is specifically for what you described because what you, what you experienced first off, the fact that you're going on dates is just, you're moving in the right direction. Now it's like, how do we optimize as we're going? Right. Um, but secondly, the reason why you get to the end of the date and you're like, oh shit, I only got a hug is because your mentality is I have to wait until the end of the date to start escalating, right? And so the STM formula, it's really just like, essentially what we're talking about today, three things you can do on the course of the date to create tension, enough tension to where there's a vibe between you guys to where that first kiss or that first hug is naturally happening probably early on in the date. And now the rest of the date, you're building on that foundation rather than building up to it. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's like that scene in the movie hitch where he's like trying to kiss, kiss the girl and he's like, pulls out his inhaler and he doesn't know how to make the move. You know, if you're, if you're getting to that point, it's, it, honestly, there's not a, there's nothing wrong with that, right? I would say do your best to use the SCM formula. If the vibe, if it creates the vibe, great. If not, I mean that some girls just aren't into that type of shit. I've been on many first dates with girls where at the end of the date we do a hug and, and leave. I will, I will say this though, looking back on it right now, that usually only happens when I take girls to a restaurant for a first date, you know? So I, I've. Yeah. Well, what if you what if you ate beforehand and you went to the sushi bar for sake bombs rather than for sushi? You know. Yeah. Right. That, yeah. yeah. No, I get it because like I sign more potential. You know, you could obviously do more interaction. You obviously flirt better. You're closer. You're closer. You'd be closer. Yeah. I think, I think part of what, what makes restaurants hard for dates, especially in terms of escalating um, and showing that man-to-woman intent is just the simple fact that you guys are locked in. Where you, wherever you sit is where you're sitting for the next few hours. Um, or you know, if, you, if you rearrange the seats, it's, it's gonna take like a bold gesture to do that. But also, you, you're stuck at the whims of however the server wants to serve you guys or however the food comes out, right? Um, where I would, I would simply shy away from that purely because I want more control logistically and how soon I move this thing forward. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, man. <laughs> well, let me ask you this, man. You have a drink in your hand. Every player who's used an inhaler during gym class must now inhale their beverage. You an inhaler type of guy?
Um, yeah. Dude, I would love to introduce you to one of the guys in my inner circle. First off, are you are you coming to the boot camp this summer? Do you know about that? That's like a four-hour drive. I've made that drive many times. Um, I would say just check out rawdatingadvice.com. It'll have all the information you need on there. Um, it even has like the documentary. And if you're interested in, in hearing more and talking to someone, book a call. They'll answer all your questions. Um, but as far as the travel goes, um, I, I can't tell you how many times I've made that drive. That's that's easy, man. If you were in Wisconsin, I would say, okay, man. Well, okay. Maybe you have a point. But <laughs> you're in LA. You're, you're a short drive away. I have, but at the same time, I, I mean, I know this area, I know, I know the spots and my boot camps. I, I'm trying to set you up for success. So I'd rather have you come into my domain. That way I can teach you what the rules and lessons are here. And then you can apply those there. And more of the reason why I brought it up is because one of the guys coming to our boot camp, who's actually also was on our coaching call that we had before this after hours live stream, um, also into TV production and movie production stuff um, in LA as well. So anyways, network anyways. Um, thank you so much for, for requesting to come on. Hope you guys got, hope you got value out of that and, uh, glad you're on, glad you're on the squad and let me know, keep me posted on, uh, you know, what you get out of the book and the 30 perfect texts. Sure, man. Enjoy and, uh, happy birthday. Thank you. You too, man. All right. See ya. See ya. All right, so um, I'm actually gonna wrap this up here, but we have one last thing. Chris, throw me one of those cards. <laughs> All right, was this chosen at random? If you're watching on YouTube, this is the question. I want you to answer in the comments below um, once we are done live. What trip most affected your life so far? Wow, what an amazing question given the fact that I was talking about many of the times that I've change my life or look back on the forks of the road in my life, it oftentimes comes down to me going to an event that I invested into going to because I knew I was going to grow and make some good connections there. And when I look back on the Raw Dating Advice documentary, go to rawdatingadvice.com, watch the documentary, think about how many of those guys felt resistance to coming to an event like my boot camp in Phoenix, Arizona, and then just look at the documentary and see if they, if they regretted it or not. Right. So what trip affected my life the most so far, probably when I first moved to Arizona and I was in dental school and I was really trying to take massive action on my dating life. And one of the guys who was one of my early mentors in not only business, but also game and just life in general, um, he was having a small event, honestly, a lot like the boot camp that I was having, but he was doing it in Las Vegas. I had never been to Las Vegas. I was brand new to Arizona. So, I mean, this is my first time this side of the, like on this part of the U S in general. And I, it was money that I didn't ha necessarily have. It was student loan money. So I literally had to borrow money from the government to even afford this thing. Well, here's the thing I went, had I not gone to that event, I probably would still be in dental school. I probably would not be a dating coach. My game would not be what it is today. I would not have this YouTube channel and I would have never written this book. So I would say just going to that one event alone, 
biggest fork in the road in my life. One of the major ones for sure. So that said, if you like this, give it a thumbs up, mark your calendars. Every Thursday we're going live, similar type of thing. The more, this is our first one. This is a brand new studio. So, um, I only anticipate this getting more fun, more entertaining, more outrageous, honestly, um, as we go and as we start doing this every week, but every Thursday night, 7.30 p.m., PST. And also if you're in my, if you come to my boot camps or if you're in my inner circle of coaching clients, we do a coaching call, um, in the hour before we go live. So, um, also if you're one of those guys, mark your calendar. Um, but we will see you guys next Thursday. I'm about to go to dinner with my girl. We're going to celebrate my 31st birthday. I can't believe I'm in my thirties already, but, um, hope you guys are going to take action, crush it out there and we will see you guys soon.